Welcome back to the Beer O'Clock Podcast. I'm Dylan Toon. I'm Angus Norris. And we are here to bring you all of the important views and outdated news from the Australian beer world and beyond. Uh, it's been a little while. It has, and there's some particularly outdated news this month. Yeah. So, for fans of outdated news, which you obviously are if you come to this podcast, you're in for a treat. Maybe they all skip the first half hour. Yeah. Well, we do, so <laughs> makes sense everyone else does. Um, got some good feedback on the Golden Pints, the sort of... Not a new format, but sort of a bit different. We had a written and... Uh... Yeah, there were a couple of people who sent us through their list. I don't have them to hand. I know Simon Hargreaves is one of them. Mm, yeah, his was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, it was. It was also very Victoria-centric. If you recall. <laughs> Un- understandably so, in um, a year like we had. And I think he said the same thing, that he was stuck in Melbourne, except for one weekend or something. Yeah, yeah. So. And I think that's, that's a fairly common story. Um... Doing this in person again, so this is, yeah. Different. Probably, yeah, I mean, I sort of feel like I'm getting slightly back into the swing of it, but still at the new place, Yep. Uh, which is not so new anymore, but it still feels new podcast-wise, because it's only, what, the second or third we've done here. I think so. Um, it's, yeah, we've done segments here, I think, but this is, yeah, we're still... Yeah, I think we've done the odd lager segment, but I think this might be the first full podcast. Yes, yeah, yeah, that we're sort of chucking together at this place, so... um. Yeah, apologies if it's a little bit echoey and stuff. Still, we're still working out some of the finer intricacies with the venue, but um, we'll get there. Yeah, as we always do, we'll figure it out. Uh, to get straight into the news, let's do it. Um, so this is this is again going back a little bit. So don't hold it against us, but you might have heard Bent Spokes Crankshaft took out the hottest one hundred beers again. Yeah, congrats to those guys. I think we'll do a separate segment on this, so people who don't care about the hottest one hundred. Yeah, so you can just skip the whole thing. We'll timestamp it. Um, so if you're not interested in hearing some pretty old takes, then um, you can skip that bit. And, and otherwise, Ben spoke one. Congrats to those guys. It's a great beer. Yeah, and that's probably about as far as we need. And it's a popularity contest. <laughs> yes, always worth saying that. Always worth prefacing uh, any discussion on the hottest 100 with that. Uh, the VCGLR have extended pandemic alcohol laws. Yeah, I think this is good. I think this will apply to some of the breweries who have. Tap rooms. Yeah, that, so what, what are these laws again? Uh, so this has extended the restaurants and cafes being able to sell takeaway alcohol. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, so they've ta- that was due to expire, I think, about now and is now going to the end of the year and will probably end up being, you know, extended indefinitely. Because I think it's sort of proven that it's not actually causing any harm or anything. No. It's that, good for business. And That's right, makes it easier. No extra licenses needed, all that sort of stuff. It's good stuff. Whereas Queensland decided to ban beer sales from their takeaway ones. Different strikes are different folks. Exactly. So, the, But you can buy three bottles of wine from a cafe if you want to in Queensland, but apparently beer will uh, fuck you up more. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Doesn't, it? does it? Queensland flooding has affected brewers, which is unsurprising. Unsurprising. I think there were a few that got shut down for trading for a few days. You know, with floods in tap rooms and things like that. Yeah, and even Stonewood, Byron Bay and stuff. Yeah, so it's New South Wales where they've got really stuffed. I think it's Two Mates Brewing, which is in Lismore, was completely destroyed. No, Um, So they've got a GoFundMe at the moment, looking for about 750 grand to rebuild. Best of luck to them. It's one of those things where there, there is so much going on at the moment in the world. It's You get lost with some of this stuff sometimes. So it's, um, yeah. And it's one of those, it was two guys, you know, fully mortgaged to the hilt to fund their own brewery and 
now here we are. I think they've only been open about six months as well. So. Yeah, don't, not too familiar with them, but um, yeah, if you, if you can have the means, maybe. Yeah, if you've got a few bucks, yeah. send it those guys' way. Um, sure, they would appreciate it. But their fingers crossed everything improves on that front soon. Um, Mighty Craft have acquired the remaining shares of Jetty Road Brewing. I think we talked about some of the founders leaving we did, yes. maybe six months ago. Yeah. And I think we said at the time, it won't be long till the others go. And here we are. You yeah. know, this was inevitable. They are eventually going to own quite a few of these breweries that they take a stake in, I yeah. imagine. I mean, it's it's probably one of those things where if you own part of it, it gets popular. People move on to do side projects, which I think was Jenny Rhodes. Those two guys are opening something. Yeah. I haven't confirmed yet if it's Escape, but it might be. Okay. and But that's I think that's the thing Mighty Craft probably just like, you know, eventually we'll probably be out of... Yeah. Fully take this. Um, and in the meantime, I guess it sort of, you know, additional support, additional building of their portfolio, et cetera, et cetera. Jetty Road is definitely the kind of brewery that will fit in a portfolio nicely. Yeah, well, I think they said that's going to be one of their flagship ones because they're consolidating that portfolio as we speak. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Jetty Road is, you know, it, it is, it's fine. It's like dad beer for a lot of it. They do have some cool stuff. I, I had their pale just down on the peninsula where I've been staying for a while and it's very solid. Yeah, I, I drink their lager yeah. reasonably often, um, more when I worked at First Choice, um, just because it was always really well-priced and really solid. Um, but yeah, it, it's not special beer. No, nothing nothing to write home about. It's Bolter on the Mornington Peninsula. That's right. Um, Coca-Cola is selling the rest of Australian Beer Co. to Casella. Is that Yender and stuff? That or? is Yender. Um, and I think we also... We did. ...predicted yeah. that this is what would happen, because <laughs> yeah. they've been partners on this for forever. Yeah, yeah. I think Casella were... Brewing, it's their brewery, I think. Yeah, because they're the winery. Brewery, yeah, aren't yeah, they? yeah, 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 that's them. Um, but, you know, if we think back a few years, you'd have got long odds on Kinsella buying out Coke rather than it being the other way around. Yeah, definitely. And so that's kicking in uh, 1st of July. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't even see you under much anymore, but um, I'm we're, sure they I'm sure they sell it in regional Australia. Yeah, yeah, New South Wales and so on. Um, so, without becoming... Brews news. Um, well, we are. This is this is brews news, but it, it, the bad kind, not the good kind. Yeah. In that it's news about brew. Uh, more more good stuff from them, no doubt. Uh, have you? Are you across that disaster? Uh, it looks familiar. Yeah. Mm, mm. uh, so they issued a correction to some of the figures they submitted to ASIC. The figures that looked good. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were obviously quite a lot worse. This was. They claimed an accounting mistake. These weren't accounting mistakes. <laughs> yeah. These have to have been deliberate or done by someone who's never looked at a balance sheet in their life. Either way, it doesn't reflect well on our good friends at Brew. No, no. Has anything reflected well on our good friends at Brew? I'm struggling. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you'll also be pleased to know that the development Victoria date has passed. Yep. The date for Ballarat. But they're still waiting to see if they'll approve that sale. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna hazard a guess at what the answer might be. Though. Well, I'm surprised that we're still deliberating on this. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be something. I, if, if I will make it my mis- mission to make Victorians aware of this, if they let them sell this. Yeah, yeah. I, because I that is seven million bucks that should be Victorian state government money. Yeah, not a brewery who do not know how to handle money. Correct. <laughs> Um, some events news, which we've sort of become a regular thing since uh, the great COVID. Mm. 
uh, broke out. Um, Good Beer Week 2022 has been cancelled, um, which is unfortunate. Gabs is going on, though. Gabs is going on, and I think as of yesterday, Crafty Pint are getting Pint of Origin off the ground. Oh, all right. So, Good Beer Week's back on. Well, exactly. <laughs> the important part of Good Beer Week's yeah. back on. And Indies are still going ahead as well, I think, virtually. Yep. Yep. I mean, potentially, yeah. It's, you'd think so, anyway. Yeah. The, the way their format... And the breweries they have involved works. I think it's... Almost better that way. Yeah. I mean, you could probably still have an awards night, but like, you know, stuff like um, our mates at Hepburn winning the award virtually, yep. that, that's great stuff. And I don't think they'd be the kind to get down there. No, um, no. And the one thing you don't want is the whole industry to be there and then COVID wipes it out. That, that too, yes. That's a good point. That'd be a disaster. Yeah. Um, and BrewCon has been delayed until August next year. Yeah. So again... Probably the same sort of thinking. Don't want uh, the whole industry in one, yep, one venue. Uh, and it also lets the IBA, who organise all of this sort of stuff, to concentrate on some other stuff. Yes, like long term projects they've wanted to do. And yeah, I mean you might as well. I mean things are fingers crossed. Touch knock on wood, getting back to normal, some sense of normalcy. So we'll probably be back to regular events next year. I am surprised a good beer week's gone this year, uh, but. Obviously, they just thought it wasn't worth it. I think they're worried that if they invest all their resources in it and it doesn't work, that may be the end of the yeah. IBA. Yeah. So, understandable. Understandable. Disappointing. Understandable is probably the way to, yeah, to go on that way. Yeah. Um, brewery closures. Uh, so less of a closure and more of an understandable <laughs> business move is uh, Kieran have withdrawn operations from Myanmar. Yeah, I don't think we really need to say much about that other than. Why didn't they do it a little earlier? Yeah, still still really unfortunate in general. Just obviously the whole situation in Myanmar, but just, you know, amongst other things since, the, you know, the fledgling democracy had started going on, you feel like craft beer had a chance to have a bit of a foothold and really do something there. And, like, if you've got the macro breweries leaving, that's, that's a... That says something. Time. Yeah. And um, they, they had, what, nine years of relative stability and freedom, and I think it's going to take a long time to get back to this. A real shame. I think it'll be more than nine before they're back to there, so yeah. that's a shame. Which which does, uh, yeah. Obviously, it's not, not the podcast for it, but um, obviously just reflective of a greater situation that is quite sad. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hair of the Dog have closed down? Yeah, so they're one of these sort of seminal American breweries. It's about mm. 30 years old. Um, the head brewer's name is Alan Sprintz, and he is retiring. Oh, okay. Not interested in selling it. <laughs> Closing the tap room, going to just sell his beer, you know, and he's like, he hasn't set a date for when it's closing exactly, just sort of going to sell the beer and then that'll be it. I can't, I have some respect for that. Yeah, so do I. I think he doesn't want his brand tarnished. Was he, is he like old school big beers, like old, like lots of barley That's wines him. and things? Yeah, because I think I saw a lot of tributes for that. Yeah, if you if you saw the logo, you'd know exactly who it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, known for big, big beers generally. I think there's even... Double IPAs, the core range sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of the classic American styles. Yeah, dumb barley wines are his, I think, what yeah. he's mostly known for. Um, real don't drink beers kind of area. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, that's, I mean, I don't necessarily want to say that's a shame. It's actually kind of bittersweet in a way that he's retiring and... I think it's nice how he's mm. just going, this was me, the, br- the brand was me. Yeah, this was my run. Yeah, so I'm that's retiring. the end of the brand. Yeah. I assume he will sell the kit at some point. Yeah, and the, the space and stuff. And I assume they'll probably try to take care of the staff. Yeah, there'll um, probably be a brewery that pops up there at some point. Almost certainly. But yeah. 
you know, oh. it won't be hair of the dog, which I think is interesting. Yeah. And probably one of these things that our industry will run into at some point. Yeah, when we have breweries that are old enough. Well, to like <laughs> the, the Cockies guy retired recently. Yeah, and that, that, that was actually the first thing that came to mind, which is um, which is an interesting one. Obviously, he wants to pass the brand on, but it's not quite a as like an iconic sort of brand. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But what happens when uh, someone like Bright, you know? <laughs> yeah. If Bright go and... Um, oh, oh, what's yeah, his even, name? Even Bridge Road. I've had... Yeah, but Bridge Road have got their little almost employee yeah. ownership thing. So that's that's one of those. Bridge Road might almost be big enough to get past that. Oh, what about um, Richard at Bensoke, if he goes? Yeah, yeah. You know? That's I mean, probably at a good this example. stage, they might, they might also. But he you know, may very well not as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway. Be interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, and Modern Times Tap Rooms are also closing. Yeah, so I think they've just had a change of CEO. It's not. It's not all of them. It's just no. A select uh, four out of eight. Yeah, and they're bringing their focus back to Southern California, having been sort of a brewery that grew too big too quickly. And yeah, like we had distribution for a while. I, I remember that. Yeah, and yeah. it's a fairly common story, isn't it? People. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not just beer. It's restaurants. It's it's everything. They are kind of all hospitality venues in in general. You yeah. see rapid expansion. Yeah, and they couldn't have seen like none of us could have seen two COVID years. No. And so if you're in heavy growth at that point... It's tough. You, you've yeah. created a disaster for yourself. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and I think the modern times the brand will be fine. I think it'll be fine. And I think that's the, the move is to make sure that the brand is fine. Yeah, because there's there's enough... Enough, like, you know, recognition and uh, support of that brand that it, you wouldn't want to actually jeopardise it yeah. for the sake of keeping some failing tap rooms open. Exactly. Um, speaking of keeping things open or things opening up, uh, we've got a couple this month. Yep. Um, and a couple pretty exciting ones. Um, Kaiju have opened up their cantina in Huntingdale. They have. Which is a, a bloody great spot, if I say so myself. <laughs> you, you would say that, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's got nothing to do with the fact it's around the corner from my house. Yeah, is it your closest brewery now? It is, yes. Comfortably beats out Deeds and Two Rupees now by about two and a half k's. Well, we'll go check that out at some point. Hmm. Possibly. Maybe even Possibly now. Yeah, who, who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, good on them. Um, long time coming. They clearly want to do it right. Yep, we'll report on that. We on definitely that. will. People yeah. will actually care about that one. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, that'll be almost timely enough. Um, and Escape, who you just mentioned before, uh, opened down on the peninsula. Yep, I know nothing about them. Have been meaning to get there. They've been on my little list for months. That they were a thing. They were opening. They finally opened last weekend. Yeah, we'll report back. Cool. Um, and then some quick ones. We'll just run through the little tasting paddle. This is going to be a very a small. This is your your local brewery that's just opened up and they only have a few beers on tap. For very much so. Uh, Brewers Association have updated their 2022 style guideline update. There's a couple of interesting additions, wasn't there? If you... Yeah, no new styles per se, but they added a lot to like experimental IPA has like mm. more defined categories and things like that. They, I saw they modernised some of the style. Like, I'm struggling yeah. to think of things. Session IPA, they lowered the ABV to 0.5. Yeah. So that some of those low out things can be included. Yeah. Which is cool. I think just there was a few changes and I looked them on. This is very reasonable stuff. And this is all, this is just judging stuff, people. Most of your homebrew clubs will use. I think that's why it's relevant. To yeah, exactly. The average person, like if you enter a homebrew comp, they'll be going off BJCP, uh, BJCP stuff. Yep. Uh, Asahi Super Dry is changing their recipe in Japan. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Remember how badly that went for VV here? 
Well, I'm wondering if it's a Kirin Ichiban Megumi kind of thing. Where uh, tailoring it to maybe. local tastes. Maybe. Um, I think it's trialing it in Japan before potentially rolling it out mm. elsewhere. Well, that, that's, that's more interesting. Uh, and it's to, you know, modernise the taste, which was a horrible little sentence that I read. Yeah, I mean, the Superdry brand... I'm trying to think. It must... There's got to be a reason. It must be flagging or something. It, it's like, I, they would have numbers yeah. to say why they're doing this. Um, whether that makes it a smart call, we will the see. future will say, yeah. yeah. And um, finally on the tasting battle, Den Herberg has joined uh, Horal. Yeah, so that's the Lambic producers yeah. thing. Um, good to see new Lambic producers coming through in Belgium. Yeah, always, always. Um, You're not going to find any complaints here about that. Yeah, no, and like obviously those guys are as much beer scholars as anything, um, which is, yeah, so always good to have that repository of knowledge getting built up. Exactly, exactly. And then we've got Moondog becoming carbon neutral. That was the other one we... Oh, yeah. Apologies um, for for missing that one. But yes, Moondog did become carbon neutral. Um, Their solar panels produced 87,000 kilowatt hours last year. Jeez. Yeah, that's a lot of solar power. That is, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're getting certified. Sure. And um, I think finally, one more we'll talk on the, the tasting paddle is um, another Brewdog faux pas, which can almost be its, its own segment. Oh, my. Of um, the Ukrainian brewery... Uh, Pravda. Pravda, who asked if they would like to do a collab beer while they were sheltering from the Russian invasion. Mm. And they said, you'll have to send us an email. And then I think the response was a rather flippant, oh yeah, in between like getting bombed, yeah. I'll sneak out. While I'm hu- hiding in my little underground bunker, I'll, yeah. I'll shoot upstairs and send you an email. Yeah. And the response was like, that's what we need. How else would I notify the relevant department? Yeah. And uh, God, that is that is so punk. I would love James Watts to explain how that's punk. Yeah. Um, it's good stuff for a dog. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, All, always fighting the people's fight. It, it's going, you know, there's enough choice of beer that even if I like some of their beers a lot, I'm <laughs> thinking it, it's probably not a brand I'm keen on supporting. It's becoming less and less uh, yeah. appropriate, isn't it? Yeah. And that's a shame. Yeah. Idiots. Um, anyway, we'll be back in a moment with Gab's chat. With uh, the Gab's Hottest 100, very late, very great rundown. Yeah, real questionable analysis coming up here. Yeah. Um, you know, the guys who are running it down uh, a month and a half later should probably have some real deep insight. I, I don't know if that'll be the, the case here. I don't think so. Um, but we'll have we'll have some insight. Re- really, it's what, what I was interested in. Mm. <laughs> and that's really what's important when it comes down to it. Isn't it? Um but yeah, um, as we as we said, the new segment, Crankshaft won again. Um, Bolter XBA was number two. Young Mates Brewing Co. was number three into the top three for the, the first time. Stonewood Pacific Ale out of the top three as yeah. well at four. Um, yeah, in terms of a, um, a structure of... Do you, there, do you just want to like shoot off some vague points? Is there anything you... Yeah, look, we're going to skip over... Everyone's heard our diatribe about how... People don't understand it's a popularity contest. We're going to assume everyone who listens here understands that. Yes. It's the most popular beers in the country, not the best beers in the country. Yep. Um, The people who talk about that stuff, though, should refer to the list they put out, what, a week later? Of uh, new beers? New beers. Yeah. New beers is the way to go, I think. 
The problem with new beers, though, this year <laughs> is that better beer would have won. Yes. Well, let's let's talk about better beer, I guess. Um, I've, I, I should preface any sort of things by saying we are very aware this is a popularity contest. I am very aware it's a popularity contest. I have no issue if a James Squire gets up there. Nope. I have no issue if a Furphy gets up there or a Little Creatures... I do have an issue with a beer that people clearly haven't drunk because it hasn't been out for long enough. It has barely any check-ins and untapped. Some of them were ours because we were like, what the fuck is this? Yes. Uh, I just don't understand how the weight of votes could work. And it is clearly a group of, you know, social, my opinion. Social media Yes, influences. yes. Not very funny so blokes on social media who have a big following who are clearly pushing this thing. And I would um, love to see the other votes that those people gave. Yes, yes. I'd be interested in that. And also, I don't have a problem um, with the blokes getting involved in the beer round. Totally fine business decision. I do think stuff like this starts to eat at the credibility of it. Yeah. And again, there's no problem if a 150 lash is a top five because I have no doubt that enough people have drank it. I legitimately don't think that most of the people who voted for this drank it. Yeah, I agree. And that's my only issue with it. Yep. Being there. I don't think the beer is that horrible. It's incredibly uninspiring, but I'm really yeah. impressed with how it's 86 calories it can. So don't need 86 calories. It's remarkable, to be honest. There is nothing close to it, really. A very clean lager for 86 calories. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I don't... It, it's the new big head. It's the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't have an issue with the beer itself. I have an issue with... I think it falls into that murky, nebulous sort of... You know, the paid marketing sort of yeah, stuff that yeah. they, they frown upon and... There's clearly nothing solid enough to link it back, but there's... That's why I'd like to see those other votes. What else did those people vote for? And I don't want to exclude people from being able to vote for it. I just... I don't... And I don't have a solution. You well, I would say that it could have been disqualified for marketing. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I would probably say that too. Although there's probably rules. You know, you, I think you are allowed to push people to vote. You just can't... Offer them direct rewards. Them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, but yeah, um... Who knows? Who knows? But outside of that, on that list, our mates at Two Rupees slot in. Because this is the one we get the furthest down. Yeah, this is yeah. on the new list. By yeah, way. this is the new list. So we get down to 450 in the 100. Yes. And our mates at Two, two Rupees slot in at 255, 296 and 360. Do you have any guess what those beers are? Um, it'd be the the New England IPA or the Hazy IPA or whatever. Uh, yeah. Seven Clouds something. Yeah, that, something is, like that. that is 255. Seventh Heaven? Yep, that's it. Um, director's Cup, probably? Um, uh, director's Cut is 296. And... 360. No. Uh, Pilsner Sour. No, it's Hop Comma, which is that West Coast. Oh, yeah, 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 it's a really new one. Yeah. Impressive that they're getting some votes. Yeah, really good. And um, I have no problem, obviously. Don't know if I voted for one of theirs myself, but honestly, it's just because I... Uh, I vote tactically. Yeah. <laughs> and I just didn't think this was quite early enough for them to get on there. I know I uh, said we're not going to listen to the social media retards, but someone was saying the indie list, list is the best list. <laughs> Got any thoughts on that? <laughs> the indie list of... So you're just taking all the macro stuff out of the 100? Yeah, that gets you to 118. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the, the change wouldn't be big. No, it's nothing. You'd just push, like, the top three would just be Crankshaft, Larry and Goat, would it? Yep. Yeah. With better be a next. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. 
that's done. Yeah, real done. So that's because anybody who I mean, that's part of the problem with this. It, it's Bubble Track Spear is not a bad beer. No, and like it's certainly better than a lot of the stuff on here. Exactly. A um, couple of interesting little trends I noticed. Yep. Uh, ginger beers. I was just about to get to ginger beers on my notes. Yeah. So yeah, what do you think? I say no. I don't think they should be on there. Oh, I don't think. Uh, I don't mind them being on there. Yeah. Cool. Um, maybe if one finished top five. Honestly, I don't. No, I think it's fine. I think yeah. it's fine. It's a beer style. Um, it's. I, I. I. I can understand your point of view. Would you complain if seltzers were on there? That's sort of a little bit different. It depends how they were made. Well, the Australian ones are brewed. <laughs> yeah. So if it was a brewed one, probably not. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the list is as you said the popularity contest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is true. That is true. Alrighty, I'm, I wrote down a few... Oh, actually, the one thing I'll do before I get into ones I wrote down, mm. just to rattle through quickly, One Drop and Range both got proper craft beers. You know, the ones people always complain aren't in there. Yeah. yeah. Into the 100. So Range had Lights and Music, which was a triple IPA, in at 59. Is the, Which list is this? Sorry, the normal list. The actual list. Yeah. Yep. 59 for a triple IPA. Yeah. I don't think I had that one. I don't remember it. Yeah, I don't buy too many triple IPAs. No, no. Uh, and rain, uh, one drop. You know that beer that we said, oh, that would have been a proper one last year? Yeah. That went up 34 from 101 to 67. The double vanilla custard pancake milkshake. Yeah, that is the kind of thing that sort of like, yeah, takes up a little bit. Um, makes sense. Yeah. And then other than that, little things I noticed. Non-alc beers. Yep. So what did we have? Sidewinder at 75. Sober Pepperberry IPA at 69 and Heaps Normal at 20. Yeah, Heaps Normal at 20 is great and probably probably well-deserved. Good to quantify the rise of non-alc mm. in the 100. People are actually drinking them, think it's okay to vote for them. Yep, yep. Um, the other thing, Bodrigi. Big rises. Everything rose a lot. I think it's, yeah, probably on the back of the venue and... Yeah, the venue's been open for a while. I feel like it's sort of taken off a bit in terms of... As soon as things open back up, I feel like it... Yeah. Yeah. Like, Specky Juice went up 90 spots. That was surprising, because I don't necessarily think that's one of their... No. I'm clearly wrong. I quite like it, but yeah. No, I quite like it as well, but I don't think other people quite like it. Yeah. Guess guess we're wrong. Uh, And Eutropia went up 113. Like, that's a nice pale. I voted for that last year. Yeah. But again, it's not one you'd really look at and be like, oh, that's going to rock it up. No, no. And speaking of rocketing up, have you seen what Coopers did with their five beers that made the 200? I did notice that they had a better time of it than last year. So Pale finished in 11th, which was up 64 spots. Yep. Sparkling Ale finished in 40th, up 143 spots. Yep. Best Extra Stout, clearly put, but because of the can. Yeah. And what we did. Yeah. <laughs> helping them <laughs> help themselves. Still waiting on our, our free stuff. I know. Yeah. Where is that, Coopers? Uh, up 217 spots to 107. Which is, yeah. Crazy. Followed by your favourite, Mild. Yeah. Up 429 spots to 115. Maybe that's what the other things are better beer guys voted for. <laughs> and Dark. If that is the answer, that'd be amazing. Mm-hmm. And Dark, up 494 to 132. Which has got to be... 494 has got to be nearly a record. I think 310 was the highest in the actual list. Yep. Which was other side... Anthem. Yep. Um, yeah. No, but on. 
and just beers I wanted to shout out. Hawker's West Coast. Only dropped a spot, I think, to 87. Yep. What does that beer have to do to get more love, Dylan? Uh, I think be hazy. Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably fair. Rattenhund, 76. Yep. Honestly, a slightly lower debut than I might have thought, given how they pushed it. I thought it was going to get 50-ish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a Pilsner. Yeah, yeah. It'll off Hard to sell, but yeah. And then Frey, that was actually another one I should have chucked in um, with the thing. Once more into the Frey from Deeds, 94, 235 spots. Yep. And that's a, a big Imperial Stout, which you don't usually see too many of on the Aussie list. Yeah. And then the next list, which I always think is, you know, interesting. Yeah. I think there's a lot of interesting beers on the next list normally. Um, oh, another one I missed. Cooper's Vintage Ale up. 363 oh, yeah. spots. That one, yeah. Uh, next is Welder's Dog Piney Pale, the unlucky 101. Yep. <laughs> Unfortunate. I did like spots 138 and 139. Similar beers, Pirate Life's Mosaic, up 130 spots to 138, while Bolter IPA down 117 spots. Mm. I feel that's an interesting sort of cross-section of when they sold and, you know, is IPA taking the fall for Bolter? Yeah, well, I mean, the Bolter IPA has always been probably the worst of their core ambitions, whereas Mosaic, arguably the best, although that's tough with Pirate Life's yeah. core range. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's probably more reflective of where they should be. Um, but no, it's an interesting point that you bring up. And I think, yeah, maybe the dust has settled a bit more on one while it's still settling on the other. Yep. Uh, Prancing Pony India Red back up at 160. Yeah, cool. Love that beer. Yep. Love those guys. They're all great. And last one, your little favourite, Dainton Equaliser. Yep. Up 682 spots. Yeah. To 198. I reckon it probably barely existed before. Well, I think they claimed over 2,000 were voted for this year. Okay. So that would imply that it goes down to 2,200 and something. I'd be interested in seeing that. Yeah. So wouldn't we all, Dylan? We'd like to see what the highest wildflower finish was. That'd be fascinating, actually. Um, Did they even put their beers in? Yeah. I voted for them. Oh, good. Good, good, good. And then lastly... Parrot Dog, Bird's Eye won the New Zealand one. Yeah, and the New, the New Zealand one's always pretty interesting, but um, the Parrot Dog win was pretty surprising to me. I have never heard of Bird's Eye. I've heard of other Parrot Dog beers. Yeah, I'm assuming this, pretty good. this is a hazy IPA, so it's probably very new <laughs> yeah. since they've been exporting to us. Yeah. Um, and I think oh, there's a good set New Zealand one, but God, Garage Project had, I want to say, like 20 beers or something. Yeah, I think Wellington took out like 70 spaces out of the 100 or yeah, something, yeah, like Brews from Wellington. It did take me a long time to work out the fourth one, Shining Peak Brewery Skunk Juice, and the little side bit was TKI, and that took me quite a while to work out. TKI? Yeah, it's a city in New Zealand. Taranaki? Yeah, it's yeah. Taranaki. It took me longer than it should have to come yeah, up with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I should know that. <laughs> you, you would hope so. Yeah. I think that's about all for me. Have you got anything? No, honestly, I, I just it's fun just to run through the list, and I think we um, touched on everything I wanted to. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's it's an interesting list every year. Fun seeing people freak out every year and not learn what the list is. Um, but I, I like all these additional <laughs> lists, and I think that they just should have got them out quicker. Yeah, because they're yeah. fun. What I think they should almost have them ready to go. They used to. When number one comes out. Yeah, yeah, drop everything. I think they're trying to probably repeat traffic or something. Who knows? 
Uh, it's a strange decision because I reckon people would have lost interest by by the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, so that was another Hottest 100 for another year. Uh, we will be back shortly with... Whatever. Something, something. <laughs> whatever, whatever you hear next. We are back with the ranking of lagers. Every episode we take one macro lager, usually the biggest from the country. That's the idea anyway. At least the biggest we can access. <laughs> yes, yes. It, um, so there's probably somewhere, it may not be strictly speaking the biggest, but... We want to do that country, or it's got something of note, and yeah. I think we originally had the rule it was the most check-ins on untapped for the country or something. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. Um, so there might be a couple that you raise your eyebrows at. Uh, I think Steinlug is probably one. Yeah. Um, but it's it's still, I think, we're using a reasonable metric to measure it, so that's the important thing. The best we can do. But we've done 40 now, so we've done 40 countries. Um, today we've got Hungary, and... It's going to slot somewhere into this list of 40. Last episode, we did Timmy Sorana from Romania, which slotted in nicely at number 40 right down the bottom. God, it was bad. <laughs> it was pretty bad. If you haven't listened to that uh, last episode and our reaction to that, I strongly recommend it because that's that's a visceral reaction. Um, so the bottom five are in order. Timmy Sorana, Pabs Blue Ribbon, Chris Kenya from Peru, Vonu from Fiji, and Lav from Serbia. And then the top five from five to one are Kingfisher from India, Kilmes from Argentina, Carlsberg from Denmark, Tenants from Scotland, and Pilsner Urkel from the Czech Republic at number one. So today we've got Drea from Hungary. Um, please let us know if the pronunciation's awful, off. Either way, let's just call it Drea so I don't try to do any weird pronunciation. Um, tell us a bit about Drea. Yeah, we've taken a similar route with the history of the, the brewery, but we're ignoring the Hungarian names. <laughs> it's just too hard. I think, yeah. Um, so it's named after the legendary brewer Anton Dreyer, who was very important with like the industrialization of macro lager. Um, 1854 on the bottle. Mm. He bought it in 1862. Changed the name. Interesting. Um, that's back pre-Austria-Hungary as well. That's in Habsburg monarchy sort of days. So did it have a different name in 1854 to 1862? Yeah, yeah. Coburg. Oh, yeah. Long Hungarian Yes, yes, yes. Um... By 1933, they had over 70% market share. <laughs> it seems to be a common theme, just a disgusting market share with these. It does, doesn't it? Um, but in 1948, the uh, communist state decided that it was now their brewery. Oh. <laughs> and their Dreyer family fortune. All Hungarian assets seized and became state assets. Became independent again in 1981. Bought by Saab, pre-Saab Miller days in 1993. Very early for sort of international takeovers. So in, in the 168 years, we've had about, what, you know, 20 years of independence throughout that whole thing? Yeah, there's not, there hasn't been a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Eight with the original founder, yeah, if you will. Yeah, um, Saab Miller's 2002, when that kicks in, and then they sold it to Asahi in 2017. Jeez. Um, they've got about 33% of the market now with this beer. Okay. Um, and fun little fact, which I didn't know about Hungary, but they don't clink their beer glasses or mugs together to cheers. Okay. Do they? What do they do instead? Uh, just raise them. Okay. There's an urban legend in Hungarian culture that Austrian generals clink their beer glasses to celebrate the execution of some martyrs in around ah. in 1849. So and you don't want to do yeah. that. Yeah. But apparently the young people are starting to cheers again, saying it was only like a vow for 150 years not to do it. <laughs> there you go. The uh, random things you find out looking at this sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, probably still err on the side of caution and not clean glasses mm. over there. But uh. 
Exactly. Yeah. After fairly rapid deliberation, we have decided that Drea is going to fit in at number 10. So um, above Bira Moridi, just below Taiwan beer. Um, we're pretty happy with this all round. It's um, got a nice bit of body, sort of... Bit of a nice... Yeah, touch of hot presence. There's sort of a slight metallic sort of harshness, something a little bit off-putting there in the back palette. Yeah, we can't quite place what it is. It's not that sort of cardboard oxidative character. It's not sort of that really harsh metallic thing that, you know... It just sits on, like, the back of your tongue and it's not super pleasant. That's what I'm sort of, yeah. Your earwax descriptor is not far... It's not right, but it's not far yeah, off. <laughs> it's, it's the first thing I thought of. And it's not not like I sit around eating earwax all day. No. <laughs> but everyone knows what that tastes yeah, like. Yeah, exactly. It's like you say earwax and everyone knows that, like, that's that weird... Yeah. And that kind of is the closest thing. It's not really what you want in the beer, but luckily it doesn't overshadow the rest of it. I reckon if this was super fresh, it'd be really nice. Like, it's that in that sort of Hellas Lager... Yes. Easy yeah, drinkability. Right. It's got that Maya, that light sort of sweetness and yeah. that sort of I think that's the thing I'm really enjoying about it in the malt is that sort of, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's a good, well-made macro lager. Um, Lucky um, Hungarians. Yeah. Yeah. And I would happily drink it again. And, um, you know, after, after last episode, it's, it's a nice return to form. It would be nice to see something break into that top five. It's been a long time. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the... I reckon yeah. they're very early. That top five scene set since but. they are. I reckon, yeah. Um, even the really good stuff we've had has struggled to get up there. Um, I remember the Ukrainian one. I think it was Lviv or Lviv. Yeah, Divska or whatever. Yeah, that was that was good, and that didn't quite crack it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if anyone's got any recommendations for ones they think might get there, let yeah. us know. I mean, it's it's tough because if you think things like Moretti would have got in, but. You know, the thing is with this thing is we don't, we don't, we purposely don't go looking for like, oh, I'm going to get like a perfect condition one stuff because the whole idea is not you buy it, how you buy it because that's macro lager. That's exactly how it should be. I think the other thing is that some of those beers are so much better with food. Yes. Yeah. Like this with food, I reckon would be steak. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of it is actually just trying them outside of that. Yeah. You know. On an almost clean palate. Yes. Yeah. And actually just trying to distinguish what, yeah, what is good and what isn't. Um, there you go. Um, Drea slots in at number 10. Well done, Hungry. And we'll be back short. We are back with... Da, 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 da. You yeah. haven't had... But yes, we are back with You Haven't Had. And um, Yes, Dylan, I can't quite believe you haven't had this wonderful little beer here. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it and it looks interesting. I'm just wondering why this is worthy of this segment. Well, Dylan, um, you... We referenced it earlier with the uh, the Romanian beer from last time, and I found this on a website called Brew Merchants. Hmm. You ever heard of them? Oh, maybe. There sounds like there's so many websites that sound like that. Yeah, yeah, they have really weird shit, and this is Beretta Brewing from Romania. There you go, and with one T, isn't it? Yes, one T. Um, and it's an imperial stout with cherries, cacao nibs, cayenne pepper, tonka, Ooh, tonka, and apparently lactose. Yeah, well, that's, that's a given. Yeah, not listed on the can except for the shitty little import sticker. So, <laughs> could be interesting. But I thought, seeing it, we had to let Romania have a chance to redeem, redeem its, its uh, beer reputation. So, is this one you've had in the past? Or? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Which is sort of defeating the purpose of the segment. But yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we both haven't had it. So, this is really an excuse to try a beer. Basically. Yeah, that's all good. I mean, recycle or we all die. Well, I'm not wrong. Yeah. Um, I do love Tonka. 
I also love Tonka. I thought this was actually right up our alley. The 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 adjuncts are weird enough that it, mm. it's either going to be brilliant or fucking awful. Um, first sip is weirdly very coconutty. Oh, it is. Yeah, I think it might be the that, cherry that's, rice thing. That's the yeah, that's the Tonka and the um and the cherry. cherries. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of like that cherry stout we made where it tasted very coconutty but I think it's the cherry ripe receptors in your brain going this chocolate and cherry means coconut yes yeah um, it does taste coconutty though. <laughs> it does doesn't I swear it, it does um, I am sorry to do this to us on a Saturday morning at 10 and a half percent but that's that's fine I think we'll get through it um, <laughs> we're big boys we'll survive <laughs> yeah um, yeah cool cool little can art um, this is yeah this is very nice um, it's quite obviously I wouldn't say it's quite pastry stout, but it's... Um, no, it's not quite there, is it? But it is decadent. Um, and, yeah, you get... I don't, I'm not getting much cayenne. I imagine I'm not, not getting any. Um, I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting the tonka, I'm getting the cherries. I think there's a little cayenne on the nose, but... Oh, no, there's a little on the back. On the back, palate, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just like a light warming. <laughs> As you sort of breathe out afterwards. Um, which is probably about the level you want. That's nice, actually. <clears throat> it's very nicely balanced. Um, yeah, so this is from, I think I did have a city here. I believe, ah, Timisoriye, which I think, ah, is, right. I think it's the same city with the undrinkable water. Yes, yes. <laughs> and previously we thought the undrinkable beer. Yes, yes. Um, the can art's really cool. I don't know how big the craft scene is in Romania. I would assume it would have be reasonably uh, sized like any of those European countries. Yeah, like you'd, yeah, you'd have enough of them to support it. Well, the Hungarians definitely have a big one. Having yes, been, having yeah. been there and hung out, and I think the Romanian scene does a bit with the Hungarian scene. I think I've seen like a few collaborations with the big Hungarian craft guys. I imagine this this area in general would yeah, just there'd be plenty of them popping up. Um, well, cool. So that's Indulgence by Breda Barenko, and I think we're both pretty happy with that. And now, um, so yeah. And it's an indulgence on my part as well. Yes. Breaking the rules of the game to uh, get it on. Oh, look, we've, we're just we're going to support the Romanian listeners, I think, and let them know that we're thinking of them. <laughs> that we understand their macro lager shit, but their craft's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Anything else with that? No, no, it really was 